From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Welcome in. It is the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. Mark and Ryan here along with you on a early Thursday afternoon as we record this. And at this time, as I speak, Todd Munkin is still, as far as I know, Georgia's offensive coordinator. We'll see if that changes during this half hour or however long we podcast. we got a lot to talk about, even though it's been three and a half weeks since Georgia won a national championship, something like that. Unfortunately, not always great news. Uh, Stetson Bennett had a rough weekend in Dallas, uh, Texas. Uh, Georgia basketball had a rough game last night at Auburn. We'll talk about signing day for what it was, the second signing day, and uh, bounce around some other things in Bulldog athletics. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. The 2nd of February, did you see your shadow today or... Uh, I saw on the Today Show this morning that they said the winter will continue for six weeks or whatever. Is that right? Yeah, I guess so. But what I've learned is apparently there's a groundhog in just about every major city, right? So I guess uh, Punxsutawney Phil being the supreme king of groundhogs. I mean, where do you know what is? Uh, I think it's the Beauregard Lee or something like that is the Atlanta one. I mean, if he sees his shadow or not, I mean, is that the one we go with? Don't know. I don't know much about the Groundhogs. Are they? Uh, I saw Jake Fromm on social media posted. Uh, I guess his uh, skins that he got uh, duck, duck hunting. Yeah, D- duck hunting is is that uh, a Groundhogs free game also? <laughs> yeah, I don't think those uh, those ducks aren't going to be seeing much of any shadow uh, in the in the time being. But yeah, man, good things are uh, you know happening. It it seems uh, with February rolling around, getting closer to spring. Thank goodness. I mean, what are we? We're barely a month from spring football now, right? A little over a, a month, maybe? Uh, I don't have the official start date for spring football. I'm presuming it's Tuesday after spring break because that's what it usually is. The, the Georgia Alumni Association, mm-hmm. of all, all people, put out the G-Day spring game date, which I don't think Georgia Athletics has even put out yet. Uh, <laughs> April April 15th is that date. Did they get scolded uh, uh, for that, you think? Uh, hey, what are y'all doing? No, they probably get permission. Um, who knows? I, I, I don't really worry too much about who's who's putting out the. You know that that date though. I mean, it's perfect, right? Uh, it, right between, uh, let's see, or right after the Masters, I guess. Because I remember it butted up with the Masters one year. You remember that? They were more, showing... than, more, more than one year. It was several well, years. well, yeah, and it always seems to be an issue. I remember them showing uh, Bubba Watson one of his wins, I think, up on the big screen during a G Day game one time when I was there. Bubba, NIL golfer this year, I guess, right? So He'll live. <laughs> oh, what I say? NIL, yeah. yeah. Uh, He's live, making yeah. a good bit of NIL, I guarantee you. Yeah, live. That's a good point. Yeah. Sorry about that. All right. Well, let's talk. Uh let's start let's start talking with about Todd Munkin. And uh we're not gonna talk too long about it because you know, by the time if someone listens to this Friday or Saturday, I presume it, it could be changing. Uh interviewed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Tuesday. I think they've done about seven interviews. Interviewed last week with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, was, you know, out recruiting for Georgia at the same time last week. 
uh, you know, far flung. I think he was on the West Coast, uh, you know, with a couple of the tight ends they recruited out there. Was in uh, up in Connecticut with a quarterback commitment they got. Is it Ryan Pugliese um, for twenty twenty four? I think it is. Um, you know, Todd Munkin has been an NFL coordinator with Tampa Bay before, with Cleveland where he didn't call plays. Uh, was with the Jaguars uh, as a position coach, you know, um, this is kind of part of his background. I mean, it's, you know, they've won two national championships. Uh, maybe he's ready for another move. Uh, I look back on his bio, you know, he hadn't been in any one place for more than three years, except for the Jaguars. I think it was like 27 to 2010. So I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I could see it both ways. I mean, I think it's a, he's got a really good thing at Georgia. He's got total autonomy of that offense, uh, I would say, um, you know, except for Kirby probably decides if they're going to go for it on fourth down on occasion. Um, but, you know, he's beloved by Bulldog fans. So what, what do you think? I don't know what to think about Todd Muckinley, but I mean, it's not a money deal, right? He's the highest paid coordinator in the country. Uh, I don't know if he'd get much more with the, with the NFL team. I mean, it's gotta be the, like you said, the challenge of it that he wants to go and try to try to prove that he can, you know, do the, have the same success on the NFL level. Now you got to think with the bucks, right? They just had their, uh, their quarterback retire. Uh, I saw that uh, Kyle Trask, I believe is their only current quarterback. Of course, you know, they might look to the draft or whatever to pre-agency. To, yeah, free agency to take care of that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of questions for him if he's le- if he leaves. Like you said, he's royalty in, in Athens, and I think that success will continue. You know, uh, here. So, I, I mean, you he, know, look he, if he wants if he it's not a great situation in Tampa Bay. Uh, they could be you know changing head coaches after another year if things don't work out well. But I think Todd Monken would be able to certainly land back in college if he went to the NFL or who knows, maybe they'd fire the head coach if they made that decision and promote him. I mean, yeah, you just don't know how it would play out. So uh, he's turning 57 on Sunday this week. Um, you know, I mean, to me, the big question, right? What, how different is the NFL offense from what he was able to do at college? How many tight end reverses? Is he going to call at the at the college level, you know, and that type of stuff? Now, I mean, at the pro level. Now, he had that convenience of having the freak athlete and Brock Bowers to do that, but I mean, I'm I'm sure there's a there's a big difference there. I mean, you make you make your play calls and you you scheme it up based on your personnel. I mean, if he had a Brock Bowers type up there, I mean, probably you know wouldn't have as much success running that play with the kind of athletes that are on the edge in the NFL, presumably. Although the SEC's got some pretty good athletes on the edge as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, I imagine we'll be talking about this next week. We don't really need to get into too much about what would happen if he went uh, in terms of where Kirby would go. I mean, obviously, Mike Bobo's on staff is the first name that that makes sense. But, uh, you know, Kirby went to the NFL to get a Todd Munkin. So he's got connections when you've won a couple national championships and, uh, you know, um, he, he's very well known in the coaching profession and has his contacts. So, uh, I mean, yeah. And, and we've seen that he stops at nothing, right. To find the the best coaches. I mean, that's the reason he got rid of Coley and brought in Munkin was because of the, uh, he wasn't happy. And then, you know, he considered uh, Coley a friend and uh, you know, but things had to be done. And I think we see two championships later why he did it. All right. Let's segue to uh, Todd Munkin's quarterback the last, 
two years or year and three quarters or whatever it was. Stetson Bennett, uh, this is the time for guys that are going to the NFL to get ready. Uh, Bennett is not in Mobile this week, chose not to, uh, you know, head up there. I don't think it's a great quarterback group in Mobile anyway. So, you know, if you consider yourself uh, worthy of being in the top tier, which I'm sure he does, uh, you know, he probably thought, why should I go there if, you know, these other guys aren't there? But, uh, you know, you don't want to show up on a police blotter at uh, 6 a.m. Central Time Sunday banging on doors in a Dallas neighborhood. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a neighborhood, but, uh, you know, an area of Dallas, um, you know, and, and getting arrested for public intoxication and then have a local TV crew out there filming you kind of shielding your head as you uh, have a hoodie walking to a car to get out of there afterwards after you, after you post bond, um, not a great look, um, you know, certainly doesn't help his draft status, how much it hurts it. I, I don't know. Um, you know, will teams remove him from their board based on this decision? I, I mean, I don't not decision, but this, act, uh, act, you know, activity or, uh, you know, what he did or alleged to have done. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if, if anyone was going to take a shot at him as being like a, a third round guy, or maybe, maybe they, they say, no, it's, we don't want to do this. I mean, um, what, what do you think? I mean, I, I'm looking forward to having the chance to, to speak to some NFL, you know, decision makers, uh, you know, in the future and, and kind of as we get closer to the draft and getting their opinions. I mean, there's certainly a, a body of, of work that Stetson has, but also, uh, you know, similar situations for other NFL draft drafted players that, that had an arrest in the months preceding the draft. Right. Well, I mean, at this point, you know, with Stetson and, and all the talk is about, you know, how he can't get it done at his size and he's proved people wrong time and time again. But that is still out there, right? That, you know, uh, with the NFL teams, like, should we draft this guy? You know, I mean, he, he's done it in college, but I mean, there's a reason he was two stars, yada, yada, yada. So my point being, anybody who says that, Stetson, you know, who cares what he said at the championship parade or who cares how he was perceived by fans to slight the fans during the parade or this incident, you know, people I saw, well, he's a college kid, you know, who cares? That happens every weekend in Athens. Well, yeah, but not every college kid that gets intoxicated has millions of dollars on the line that could be for uh, for Stetson at the next level. All these things have just kind of snowballed into this perception of him that is not very flattering. And I think, like you said, when it comes down to NFL teams wanting to take a chance on a guy, it just keeps falling because of the way that he has come off in the past three weeks or so. And it's it's not a great look. Yeah, I would think that teams, are, are they going to spend 15 minutes with him or 20 minutes, whatever the window is. Uh, you know, in these team meetings at the at the uh, combine in Indianapolis, you know, or on team visits when he takes them before the draft, or at pro day at Georgia if they you know go to dinner with him or something like, you know, I think um, you know they'll, they'll talk about uh, you know, why did you blow off the press conference the day after the national championship game? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, why did you uh, kind of look disinterested? You know. Or, with, with fans at the parade, why, why on the stage were you kind of, you know, t- taking, saying stuff to about the media that they didn't believe in you. And, you know, 
there's a certain uh, things that kind of build one after the other that, uh, you know, now I say that I, I thought he presented himself well and, and um, you know, uh, looked the part when he did that Manning Zoom press conference for the award he won. Mm-hmm. You know, Stetson can be a great interview post game. He can be a great interview at, at the Heisman, uh, you know, beforehand. Um, you know, I, then, I, I agree. He's very intelligent, very eloquent in answers. You know, we, we've seen it a lot of times where he thinks things out and gives you a great response. Yeah, I think there's certain settings that that are better for him, and um, you know, he's 25 years old, so it's not like he's he's a 19 year old kid necessarily. Um, so we'll see. It's all going to be kind of part of his draft profile that the teams will be measuring, and it'll be interesting to also see. Um, you know, I, I don't know exactly his agent uh, or his marketing people, what advice they might be giving him. I mean, did you expect we're t- now talking, I guess, four days after this uh, arrest, it's a misdemeanor arrest. It's not like um, he's facing a felony charge or something like that, but uh, did you expect a social media kind of uh, mea culpa of, you know, Hey, sorry for my behavior or, you know, I guess he will kind of answer that the next time he's in a interview setting to kind of explain, you know, he'll probably just say I was, you know, uh, out partying and, and didn't use good judgment. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I think I think a statement or something would have would have benefited him. I think right now the bad thing is that recency bias, right? With these uh, uh, pro teams, I mean, he's got two months basically to you know reconcile what their thoughts are and, and all to toward him at the moment, and uh, he better make a make a big impression. And I, yeah, I think that should come out from him that. Some some needs to be said or, or done, and and you know, say that his focus is is solely on the next level at this point, and that he screwed up and and needs to needs to fix matters, and uh, and yeah, I think sooner rather than later he needs to get out in front of it. All right. Well, within the uh, last hour, moving away from from Stetson's situation uh, to the second signing day. Georgia announced the signing of Jamal Merriweather, a three-star offensive lineman from Brunswick. Um, you know, when these guys that pretty much everyone is signing early these days, right? So when you don't, you wonder, okay, is he going to decommit or, or is Georgia not going to take him? Or, you know, then it comes the day after signing day. But but he is officially now in the fold as they announced. Uh, otherwise, nothing much to say about the second signing period for Georgia, except they got a commitment from a four-star, 20 or five-star 2024 cornerback uh out of IMG Academy, um Ellis Robinson the fourth. No relation yeah. to Stetson Bennett the fourth. <laughs> uh or, but, or Branson Robinson, right? It was oh yeah. Well he's not the fourth. <laughs> um five star tight end, or I'm sorry, four star tight end Walker Lyons signs with Southern Cal. Georgia was out to visit him last week in California. Um he's going with Todd, on with Todd Munkin, right? Yeah, he's, he's going on a mission trip, and so he won't be playing college football until the 2024 season. Interesting. Um, and then I wrote about five-star tight end Deuce Robinson out of Arizona, Phoenix. Um, delaying his decision sounds like it might not be until, you know, late May, early June. Uh, he might then, you know, sign or show up to a campus, uh, but he's still waiting for the MLB draft, which is – Last year was in July. I guess it might be again. Um, he's rated number 123 by Baseball America. He's an outfielder, wants to play both, uh, you know, whether it's pro baseball and college football or college football and college baseball might depend on where he gets drafted. Um, but, 
not a great situation for Georgia that he didn't sign. Um, so those, that's a guy that they'll still work on, I, I assume, uh, you know, in, in the uh, weeks and months ahead. Yeah, I would imagine the phone calls aren't going to stop for that guy. He's, he's pretty big. But I tell you what, that 2024 class for Georgia is shaping up uh, pretty well. I think I tweeted about it the other day that I think there's five guys from Georgia in the top 12, including Sammy Brown out of Jefferson. The Robinson kid just signed or committed uh, on, on Wednesday. Number one quarterback, uh, number one player overall in the country could pick Georgia. So, uh, And their class, according to the 247 Sports Composite, is already number one for that class. So could be a big year uh, next year for Georgia recruiting. Ohio State's Twitter account for football was kind of funny. They, they, tweeted, out, they tweeted out signing day, looking forward to a great day. Uh, yesterday morning, and then uh, three minutes later, tweeted out signing day is now complete, which was kind of funny. I thought um, they were they were busy uh, discussing Ryan Day's thoughts, right? On uh, Ryan Day, yeah, still complaining about the uh, the call against Marvin Harrison Jr., who got knocked out of the game by Javon Bullard. By Javon Bullard with a shoulder, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if you, when you watched it live, as we did, I think uh, that was the same end zone where we were sitting. Um, they, uh, I mean, he looked like he got blasted and like, it looked like, oh, that's definitely targeting, but not when you watch the replay. Um, it it didn't, by the way, uh, kind of, uh, off topic, but where we were sitting, you know, they're, they're removing the glass Mercedes Benz press box will be open air now. Well, open air to the inside stadium. Yeah. You excited about that? I like that. Yeah, it's fine, but well, they but the roof's never open there when we're there, right? That's not yeah. no, but I mean, I like the feel of the crowd, right? Yeah, that's what yeah, you're talking I, about the future Georgia press box. Are we going to be boxed in in the corner? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Auburn's, Auburn's press box is in the corner, like Georgia's will be, uh, and that thing is enclosed. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to ask that question. I, you know, I don't know if they know the answer yet. I Whatever's do, cheap, I like the I like to feel the crowd. You know, it's it's uh, whatever is cheaper. I presume they will do. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so no upgrade in mills you're saying no i'm not talking about that i'm just saying <laughs> as it relates to whether it's cost more to enclose it or keep it open i don't know yeah, yeah. i don't know uh hey a, a blast from the past yeah with south carolina yesterday uh which you know i didn't even know he was playing college football anymore or where he had gone d'angelo gibbs who wasn't he was he terry godwin's cousin is that who he was or is it <laughs> no 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 it was a defensive back jr reed's cousin maybe right I can't remember. I need to do it. It's ringing a bell. It's been so long ago. I feel like I did a profile for him for before I even got to the Athens Banner Herald. And uh, that was a long time ago. Let me, let me, let me look this up. Hold on a second. Now I, I need to know. Cause there was this one. Uh, let's see. Uh, J.R. Reed. I was, yeah, J.R. Reed. Okay. I remember J.R. Reed used to, if people weren't asking J.R. Reed questions, you know, that related to his own game and, and something with the defense, they were invariably asking him about D'Angelo Gibbs because D'Angelo was always a question mark about what his status was with the team. Anyway, he played for the Bulldogs from 17 and 18 as a DB. I think he transferred to Tennessee as a wide receiver. I don't even know if he ever played there. I'm not sure. I think I, I saw that he he was on the team for two years. Yeah. And then set out last year. Yeah. I think he transferred to a, a smaller school. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, that was crazy though. I did a I did a triple take when I saw it because I thought this has to be a different D'Angelo Gibbs, right? But no. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, this second signing day is uh, it's not much of a deal at all. You know, it's uh, very anticlimactic, and 
hopefully they'll they'll just get back to doing one signing day where i don't care where where it comes but you know i don't know clean it up it's uh it's kind of a waste spreading it out like that but i mean uh, i'm going to consider what we saw yesterday as signing day to be honest with you i mean it's like yeah. it's you know leftovers almost from what has now become the original signing day in december um Let's talk about one thing before we take a break, which is we meant to talk about this last week, and I I don't know we got we got off topic or on a tangent. We never even talked about the fact that uh, one of Georgia's uh, impact transfers, Ra Ra Thomas, uh, was arrested. Uh, this was going back, uh, I guess. I guess it was a couple of days before uh, we we did the or a few days before we did the podcast last week. This is the transfer wide receiver from Mississippi State. Uh, he had a alter altercation. I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, well, I guess it is because he was arrested for um, family violence and uh, false imprisonment with a person that was described as his girlfriend who had lived with him in the past. This happened at a uh, Georgia uh, dorm on campus, I guess, in East Campus Village and um, spent some time in jail and then bonded out. Still on the Georgia team, they have their process of uh you know that administrators look into a case and determine you know uh what will happen i mean the fact that he hasn't been booted off the team immediately um you know tells me that you know i think there's a chance he's going to stay on the on the on this team i think the um the police report you know he had a different version of events than than she did um so we'll see uh if there is any suspensions the schedule is so soft to begin the year in terms of it mattering on the field, it, it won't. But I don't want to presume. I I don't know all the details, and I don't know if Kirby, uh, you know, has has done his own uh, interviews with with the player, and you know, I don't know how it's going to shake out. But the fact that he's on the team still tells me something. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure they have done their due diligence to find out all that happened, because you know. As bad as it sounds, false imprisonment sounds terrible. But I have seen that it could be something as simple as just holding your arm up across a door and not letting someone out, you know. So I'm sure all that has been investigated and looked into, and uh, hopefully we'll know more about what happened at some point. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 to say all that, I'm not one to judge whether, uh, whether you know, he should be kicked off the team at this point or not. All right, you want to take a break, and then we will come back and uh, talk more about uh, various things with uh, Georgia, including uh, Georgia basketball. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about um, the quarterback race, maybe for a, a smidgen, the Super Bowl coming up with Georgia guys, and then there's uh, Pro Bowl stuff going on this week and the, the Senior Bowl. Today? The Senior Bowl as well. And, uh, hey, it's kind of a tradition on the podcast. we got to touch on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have my opinions. All right, we'll be back. Thanks for listening to the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. Like what you hear? Subscribe today wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating, a like, and even leave us a comment to let us know how we're doing. As always, find more content at onlineathens.com and in the Athens Banner Herald. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, welcome back. Ryan, uh, this is a uh, podcast uh, staple for us, I think. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, nominations have come out. We're not going to uh, kind of you know go over the discography of all these uh, artists, but we will give a, a basic thumbs up or thumbs down. Should they get into the Hall of Fame? 
Uh, are you ready? Yeah, well, first off, I'm giving a thumbs down to the uh, Bush lady for, I mean, the Stranger Things hit has come back around, and that's enough to be nominated? Come on. Kate Bush is the first name on this. This is an alphabetical order. Uh, um, good song. I don't know uh, the breadth of her work, so uh, I'm going to say no. Yeah, thumb down. Cheryl Crow, interesting uh, nomination. Um, she was on the Today Show again this morning speaking about this. Uh She's got uh, several very good songs um, that are, uh, you know, good songs when you're like driving on a road trip or something. Um, but I'm going to say no. I don't, I don't think she uh, is worthy of that yet. Pat Benatar just got in. It took her a long time. I'm saying uh, she'll have to wait her turn. Pat Benatar? No, Cheryl Crow. No, Cheryl Crow. Um, yeah, no, I I agree. I don't think she's Hall of Fame worthy. Next is Missy Elliott, uh, rapper extraordinaire. I'm going to say she's very influential in the rap game. Um, I don't know all her work. Uh, I do know that uh, she's got, uh, what is it? Let's see. I'm looking up a little Google thing here. No, reverse it. Let me work it. Is that get your freak on? Okay, that's, that's it, yeah. Yep, yep, I'm yep. going to say Missy Elliott is a yes because of her influence in the uh, genre. Yeah, huge impact for not only the genre, but for women in general, I think, is uh, is worthy. All right, so uh, that's a yes. Iron Maiden, I uh, don't know enough about them. I know that they are a uh, kind of, they, they do seem... This is called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so I would say that Iron Maiden should be in there because they are that like level of band from the was that the eighties? I don't know. Hair, exactly. hair metal, right? I mean, basically. Yeah. So, but I don't know their music that well. But I, I will say they're probably worthy of people that uh, you know like the, the really heavy metal. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, how many times have they been nominated? Like, is this their? Don't know. Twentieth attempt, you know. Don't know. Yeah, put them in. Now you have Joy Division slash New Order. I'm not sure why they are together as one. Did they did the group just change their name or something? I don't know. Um, I know New Order a little bit more, but I don't really know their music. I'm going to pass on this. I can't say. Yeah, I I cannot judge that. So there no. Cindy Lauper. I feel like that name came up before when we've done this. Um, I mean, she's been around for a long time. I feel like she is influential. Didn't she do the We Are the World deal? She was in that in that room. Um, she's got some standard hits. I, I'm going to say yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I'm keeping Cindy Lauper out. All right, George Michael. This is not George Michael from the Sports Machine. Yeah, although he's he's probably worth it. The old uh, Washington Lamb? Washington D.C. sports broadcaster. Is that before your time? Probably. No. Well, Google it. Uh, but the uh, the artist that was in Wham and also huge uh, solo act. Uh, he yeah, he's he's a rock and roll Hall of Famer. I mean, I can't say, speaking of my taste in music, that I'd put him in, but yeah, he's he's probably worthy. Or Willie Nelson. I mean, certainly, uh, you know. I was a little surprised when I saw that he wasn't in already. I mean, very influential country music and kind of uh, roots, roots and folk music. Uh, so, yeah. Did I see that he was like 91 or something like that? Kind of uh, took me by surprise. I guess we know what the formula is uh, for him to – Stay young at heart. Um, but, yeah, I think he should definitely be in. Rage Against the Machine. Um, they are um, – their lead singer is very much uh, – who's the guy I'm talking about? Tom Morello. Very – Guitarist, yeah. Very social-oriented, uh, social justice. Um, I don't know their music as well. Um, I would say sure. And then the next one is Soundgarden, which <laughs> – I was just thinking I was going to lump two and one and say, yes, they should both be in for their 
kind of nineties influence, uh, grunge and kind of yeah, yeah. So I'd heavy, say both. heavy rock. I say both of them, yeah. Yeah. The Spinners is like a name that I know, but I don't really know much of their music, so I'm gonna pass on that. Yeah, I have no clue either. A Tribe Called Quest um, is also a, one of those influential, uh, you know, groups from. But I, I don't know their 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 music that well either. Kind of like um, late eighties, right? Uh, kind of hip hop hip hop group from Queens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and the uh, the White Stripes. I'm gonna leave that to you. Ah, man, that's a, I can't believe they're eligible already. Um, Who's the lead singer I, of that group? Jack White, right? I mean, to me, you know, he's had a big influence, but I, I don't think they're in yet. No. Last one, Warren Zevon. I mean, come on. Is he not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame already? Definitely. No, right. You see our uh, friend of the show there, Mike Mills, tweeted about him and how he couldn't believe that Warren Zevon was not already in. Warren Zevon definitely should have been in the Hall. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us to yeah. enjoy that. Uh, do you know his music? Was he Werewolves of London? Yeah, yeah, he did that. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. But but to keep it on the sports uh, genre, he's got a great song uh, called "Boom Boom Mancini," okay. Which is Was that about uh, the lady that used to run on the field? No, come on, Boom oh. Boom Mancini fighting Bobby Chacon. It's a great boxer from the from from the age. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I must say Warren's even. I, the, the greatest part about this is when those guys. Maybe Mike Mills will be part of the group that will like play Warren's Evon songs. So, That'd like, be cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's your music. Uh, you know, time for this, uh, this show. Uh, let's get back to Georgia football. Uh, you know, we talked about Todd Munkin. It's going to be a three, uh, three man quarterback race. I wrote about this last time. Did we talk about it? I don't think we really did. Was that, I don't think we did dove into it. Obviously. I mean, we're, we're going to hit on this a lot before spring practice, but you got your Stetson Bennett. You don't have your Stetson Bennett. You got your Carson Beck, <laughs> Brock Vandegrift and, of course, uh, Gunner Stockton. Look, this in this day and age, it's uh, I think Todd Munkin has used the term. It's a blessing that these guys are here. Like Georgia didn't have any transfer quarterbacks after JT Daniels left, and I bet if you had said that, you know, a year ago, you would be surprised that they're all here. Mm-hmm. Um, will they all be here in June of this year? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And you know, who knows how long that battle for first i guess we'll get a really good look at spring game of uh if it's still carson beck one and brock vandergrift two now i guess there could be a scenario where let's say uh if, if carson beck gets overtaken by vandergrift or vandergrift gets overtaken by by stockton i mean yeah i could see maybe maybe somebody transfer in there but uh if they didn't already enter the portal i feel like uh after this past season I think they're they're staying at least through this next season, and then see how things shake out. Look, Kirby knows uh, he's gotten criticism, obviously, in the past when you had Justin Fields, you had uh, Jacob Beeson, Jake Fromm, you know, Dewan Mathis, JT Daniels. You had the Jamie Newman come in and leave, um, but you're not naming you're not naming a starting a starting quarterback uh, after G Day. Because you you don't want to signal to to any of these guys, that, hey, you know you're going to be the backup. Uh, you don't want to do that now. Right. You're going to take it up up till August sometime. Um, you know whether they, that needs to be done. I mean, these guys might know without Kirby saying how it's going to shake out. Um, but the interesting thing to be to me will be if Munkin does leave, um, you know, a new quarterbacks coach, a new coordinator, 
will might have a different perspective. Now, I do think Kirby would play a huge role in making this decision, but you know they might have a different perspective on it than Todd Munkin would have. So we'll see how that shakes out. Speaking of quarterbacks, as we transition, and we're not going to spend too much time on this now because we, we we will break it all down heading into the spring. Uh, interesting to me, at least. Todd Blackledge, did you see this? He's no longer going to be with ESPN. He's going to NBC hmm. to do the Big Ten primetime game, uh, which is starting up this season. Todd Blackledge did a lot of Georgia football these last few years. I feel like if it wasn't the CBS crew, there was a good chance that you'd get Blackledge and Sean McDonough, right, calling mm-hmm. a lot of these games. Yeah, and Blackledge uh, always seemed to find a restaurant uh, in Athens that was pretty good. Yeah, I don't think he did that every time anymore, but yeah. Uh, so it'll be a cafe racer last year. Was that last? I think it feels a couple of years ago, but yeah. Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, it will be interesting. And I did a Mama's Boy story um, <laughs> before the Tennessee game. And, right. and the, the co owner mentioned to me how, how big that was when, when they did that thing with Blackledge. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, uh friend of the podcast, Tom Hart, is being mentioned as a possible. Braves broadcaster now that uh, – who left to go to the Cardinals? Yeah, Skip Car- Chip Carey. Chip Carey, yeah. Um, also a friend of ours. We, we've been able to text him. Uh, he gave us a prediction of the national championship game a couple months ago. Tom Hartu? Weeks ago. No, uh, sorry, Chip. Oh, you t- okay. Who did you pick? Uh, dogs, of course, since he's a UGA grad himself. Okay. I need to go back and read what you did. I didn't see that. Um. All right. Well. Uh. Well, it'd be interesting because you know, with Texas and Oklahoma joining the uh, SEC, you know, coming up in in at least a, a year or two away, um, you know, the CBS package is going away, so there'll be some new broadcast teams with ESPN as they feature SEC even more, um, and we'll see how that shakes out. Um. All right. Georgia basketball. Did you watch the Auburn game last night? Uh, as much as I could uh, before it got out of hand. Very similar in my mind to what happened at Tennessee. Um, mm-hmm. Georgia played, you know, hung with them for a little bit, and then things got out of hand pretty quick. Um, you know, to have these these bigs, I mean, the one thing of Kentucky is, uh, you know, returning All-American Oscar Shibwe is dominating the glass, but Auburn had a guy do it last night. That had I don't even know what it's fun. I think nineteen and eighteen maybe something like yeah. that. I mean, they're having some big time problems keeping the other team off the offensive glass. Even against South Carolina, uh, they won the game in overtime. But yeah. that's definitely an issue there with with Bridges and um, you know the Syracuse transfer as well and M A Moncrief. I mean, um, and then you're not really seeing that much consistency uh, with Akendo Cario Quendo Cario Quendo recently. Um, Mardrez McBride heats up. I think he scored all 20 of his points in the second half, but uh, they'll take another shot against Texas A&M, but, you know. Yeah, when teams are are focusing on shutting Terry Roberts down too, that that is not good for the Georgia offense. All right, let's uh, wrap it up with – Ron, are you watching much of the uh, Pro-Am out at Pebble Beach this week? Oh, yeah, I actually already uh, pulled it up on ESPN+. Plus. And, uh, you know, Keith Mitchell was actually uh, somebody they were showing, and he's teamed up with uh, with Josh Allen as his pro-am partner. So 
that was pretty fun to to watch them tee off on one before we uh, started doing the podcast here. Oh, I said we were going to talk about the Pro Bowl, which I don't know if we'll have time for. Well, brief, briefly. Now, didn't Josh Allen skip this Pro Bowl activity this week to yep. go? Come on, I mean, and I can't. Uh, I can't say I blame him. No, nah, that's a, that's that's a good point. Pebble Beach is beautiful, so yeah. uh, go go enjoy it. But uh, a couple other Bulldog guys, Kevin Kisner's with Charles Kelly. I guess he's with uh, what's that group? The singer uh, with the Georgia. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Lady Lady A. Yeah, is oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on, I thought that's your that's your thing. You're, you're well, I, I I don't know uh, I don't know anything about Lady A other than apparently graduated from Georgia. Is that right? You don't know Lady Antebellum stuff? Come on. Hey, I don't know him as Lady Antebellum. Oh, sorry. Bill Bill Murray is out there. All right. Um, I don't. Know, there's a couple other Georgia guys, probably. All right. Um, I think you got Nick Chubb, you got Ben Jones, and uh, Roquan Smith in this uh, Pro Bowl deal, which is like they're not playing a game. They're doing a flag football. They're doing some. Um, they're doing some. Uh, which begs the the question, uh, and actually, I saw Terrence Edwards comment <laughs> yeah. on uh, that that you know his brother Robert should be an honorary uh, captain or something, since that's how he ended his career. Basically, I'm not watching any of that stuff. I, I don't, you know, I mean, maybe if I'm flipping the channels and something, but anyway, um, it is what it is. But good to see uh, Roquan, uh, you know, goes to the Ravens and has a Pro Bowl type season. Not type, I guess he's Pro Bowl. So. All right, everyone. We will uh, hopefully uh, be a quiet weekend for everybody. No more arrests. Uh, everybody needs it. Athens needs to be quiet for a weekend. Athens, Dallas, anywhere, anywhere. There's a Georgia guy. Let's 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 stay clean and uh, good luck to the Bulldogs. Uh, four guys in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. Kenny McIntosh, uh, Warren McClendon, Jack Podlesny, and who am I missing? Uh, somebody else. Come on, help me, Kenny. Christopher Smith. For Smith, yeah. All right, everyone. See ya. Have a good one.